0: Submission Coalition, podcast number 13, with Caesar Gracie. Unfortunately, we kind of foobarred on this one, got a little cocky. We uh, we were two-stripe white belts in this whole podcast thing, thought we were getting our third stripe, and uh, we lost the second half of this recording. So take a listen. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and uh, we're going to schedule for part two. Enjoy.
1: Yeah. What's up, man? You got your pajama pants? Hell yeah. <laughs> in doors, I'm not going to wear jeans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How you guys doing out there?
2: Good, hanging in there.
1: Surviving so far. Yeah. You saw I'm from, here. Uh, surviving.
0: Yesterday, we, we were paying a uh, storage fee for our cage. So uh-huh. Since we can't train right now, I'm not paying $200 a month to store a cage. So. No. Is that yeah. it? You put it up? Yeah. yeah, we went and put it up yesterday.
1: Is that in the back or no? That's it's in the front.
2: Room. It takes up most of the main room.
1: The oh, twenty, it's a 20. Yeah. Yeah. That. Whoa, that's a nice <laughs> cage. <That's> nice guys. <laughs>
2: yeah. Now, now we're sitting here going. Maybe we'll leave it up when this is all over and do classes in it. It's big enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, at the CSA school we have, we actually run all kids' classes in the big cage they have over there. Oh, nice. So they just throw all the kids in the cage and they just do jujitsu classes in there with the gi on, gi, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but how big is the the cage there at the CSA? It's a it's a very big cage. I think it's like a, um something like that. What's that? Twenty feet or something? I mean, it's it's big.
2: Yeah, it's ours very, is twenty-two.
1: 22 there's just something tw- maybe 20 I don't know 20 that might be a little bigger but it's pretty big yeah. that, that's like a bellator size cage or something right
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah those full size cages but um, yeah you guys what you gotta do
2: California side. how what how's everything going on your side
1: well it kind of sucks <laughs> to be honest with you I think you guys saw the video I put up of the Brentwood Academy. You know what I mean? When we were opening that academy just yeah, packed yeah. with people. The interest there is incredible. Jiu-jitsu is blowing up out here, right? And um, I actually signed a lease for my place in Idaho also. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's good, but... <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, not right
1: now. I mean... Yeah, exactly. So we got to wait now <clears throat> for that way. The place isn't huge out there. It's a starter place, about 2,500 square feet. But, you oh, know, it's it's not as expensive as out here. So, but, but yeah. it's, it's a good size. Yeah, for sure. So who, who's I'm, running the one up in uh, Idaho? There was a guy uh, named Ia yeah. Fallon, um, <laughs> He actually has been with our team for probably about two years now. He's probably the most decorated black belt out of Idaho. And I got a funny story. I found out about him You know, I went up there. I did a seminar at a place called Rhino Jiu Jitsu with Kevin Owens out there. Probably the oldest school in Idaho, in Boise. And I get out there and I'm doing these seminars and I'm, I'm talking to a good buddy of mine that moved out there and he's talking about his friend Ia and how good he is and blah 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 and he took second at the pan ams you know what i mean that was this big and i go oh man, that's pretty good you know second at pan ams right so i media um he's kind of like a local hero he played on their their best football team ever that won the um i want to say fiesta bowl but i'm not positive it was the fiesta bowl they, they beat the Sooners some years ago. It was a big deal. Football is huge out there because they don't have a lot of stuff. They don't have a lot of – they're not professional teams, so you know how it goes. Right. And, and I go – so he's like the, the, he, – anyway, so I meet this guy. He's really a nice guy. He comes out to train with us, right? He comes out, and he goes – and I go, so you took second at Pan Am. You know, that's a pretty tough division. He walks into my gym, and he goes, there's the guy that beat me for first. <laughs> <laughs> We want to talk about a coincidence wow. it was sean he's the head coach for uh, pleasant hill sean nick Morad, and that's the guy that won pan ams that year um I, I want to say a brown belt which is a pretty tough win to do and uh and, and it was like oh, that's the guy they're the same weight class and they instantly hit it off and everything so it's kind of cool but anyways that guy Ia, is going to be coach uh, teaching for us out there in idaho so he's a really nice guy and uh yeah so and Mateos was teaching in Brentwood. I um, had another guy, a really good dude that won the, uh, I want to say he won Worlds this year. His name's uh, Breno. Remember, I thought you got about him a little bit. Yeah. Um, Bittencourt. But Breno, when all this was going down, he, he had another baby. He's got two kids, and he had this ridiculous job offer out there in, in Washington. They were going to pay him all this money and, and, you know, his girlfriend's a little crazy anyways. There's just, just a little bit of drama at the academy. You know, I really like Breno, but you can't have drama at the academy. No. You know, what like, so I said, man, take the job. Let <laughs> be on our team. Just take the job out there. And I ended up moving Mateos over to who you guys met, came out and trained with you guys and everything. Um, I sent him over. To, he's going to be the coach of Brentwood when all this goes by. Gotcha. So, yeah, we're kind of moving. Thing San Francisco's up in the air right now, guys. It's uh, I, I don't think I'm gonna continue the program out there, you know. Yeah. They, want, they want it's more than three dollars a foot per square foot out there. Can you imagine that? I mean, so if you got a, a 2,000 square foot place, you're paying over six, $6,500 a month, yeah. Plus, there's really no kids program there, is the weird thing. There's never been a big kids program in any academy in San Francisco, not even House, it's like a big program like we have. So you're taking away at least half of your income and oh. everything, right? Right, and, and, and so it's kind of to the point where I'm thinking I might just have to like, you know, this, this coronavirus thing set us even back further. It's just like, I might just, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: So we're trying to survive though, you know what I mean? We'll yeah, see what
2: happens. S2. S2. You guys too, huh? Yeah,
1: it, it sucks. You guys had phenomenal growth. I've been keeping up with your stuff on our. You guys post things on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And it's like always, you guys are doing such a good job. And now, this couldn't have happened at a worse time. Oh, no. I know.
2: This was supposed to be a huge year for us. We were looking at expansion, we were looking at all this uh-huh you know the, the, yeah. getting.
0: well this this time right now was supposed to be the launch for all of that yeah it was supposed right. to be with our five-year anniversary christian getting yeah. the black belt i mean um, i was going to be out there right we we had it set up to where it, it was supposed to be a who's who of uh-huh. all the jujitsu that was going to be here to celebrate with us wow uh, and i said it was we, we were we were priming mean, we've been promoting it for five months uh-huh. We're, we're
2: going to have so many people here. We're going to have to do Christian's gauntlet
0: in the parking, in the parking lot. lot. That, was the, <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan.
1: It was going to kill him.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? so he planned this. No, I'm
2: but sure, um, gauntlet. yeah, and we
1: were totally looking at, I was so looking forward to coming up there. I was going to come to you. I had to, Chris Canellis up in New Hampshire. I was doing something with Enzo. You know, it's just like, and then it became clear. It's like, this is just going to get worse. And it did. Yeah. Got shut down it was like you know there he is <laughs> but um so it, it is what it is you know i was like right. oh man yeah you know i mean as we're florida
0: mandated uh i mean right now i mean the unfortunately when you look at it it's probably going to go longer than that but i mean till may 8th is when they say gyms and all that are supposed to be closed mm-hmm. uh, but that that's just the beginning of it I mean, the, the likelihood is the way everything is looking right now, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably going to last longer than that.
1: Yeah. And even them talking about opening up parts of business, you know, I, I would think gyms are the pretty much last in line. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, especially you our students, I mean.
2: where we're all up on each other. It's not like we can do exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're all up training on each other and everything. Um, have, you guys,
2: have you guys done any of the online classes yet? Are you trying with any of that. I've
1: got I've got actually Sean the guy I was telling you about he's doing the Zoom classes. Yeah. He does it twice, like in the same schedule. He does a morning class and he does a night class. Okay. And so we are doing that. You guys are doing that too? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah we're doing it kind of limited. We're doing it twice a week, two two adult classes, two kids classes, each week. And then we are we're spot throwing out um,
0: technical
1: videos technical
2: videos on our members Facebook page.
1: Yeah, I should be doing that too, putting out some some because I got a bunch of videos of stuff I've done in the past. I could be
2: out there like solo drills. How we did like how to make your uh, grappling dummy. Mm -hmm. uh, Just different uh, technique videos and kind of just some solo drill videos and stuff like that.
1: We've the fortunate thing is when when people that that haven't lost their jobs and so forth, maybe continue to pay their dues to, to help. But come back. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the big thing. It's like, we're, so we're trying to.
2: We're getting some of that as well. people yeah. Just saying, you know, and we're like, you know, on the backside of this, we'll make it up to you. either.
1: Right. Or, That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about how to kind of do something. I'm thinking about doing a ghee gi giveaway thing yeah. because I, I bought out a ghee company um, that was moving to Florida of all places. Oh, wow. They moved out by you guys. Okay. This guy, um, he used to have, he, he's a Taekwondo guy. And he had like a, and he was out in Napa, and we had a little affiliation with them. They do some jujitsu there, and he started a geek company. And uh, you know, Napa gets flooded every once in a while, so they were having problems. Their school flooded a couple times, and then, uh, uh, what is it? A a marijuana business wanted to come in, but they couldn't come in because their school was there because the kids. Oh, gotcha. They wanted to like have a place in that area, and I said, you cannot be this far from where any other kids' program of any sort is, right? Gotcha. So they had to buy him out. They paid him, I want to say, like, like hundreds of, 400,000. It was something like, 400,000 is what they paid him to get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they took over the building, whatever they just. So he said he took the money and he moved to Florida.
2: Okay.
1: You know what I mean? And then, and then he didn't sell his geese on time, so he had a, a, a ton of, the, not a ton, but a lot of geese, you know, right. like 70 geese or something. And I, I go in there and I'm um. <clears throat> I go, yeah, okay, yeah, I go, know, i give you $200 or something for the, the geese. It's like almost 70 geese, you know what I mean? And they're good geese. Wow. And, and he didn't care because he's got his money, you know, right. like, and he was moving the very next day, and he didn't know anybody that needed jujitsu geese. So he just gave me all the geese for a couple hundred bucks. Wow. And, and I'm, so what I'm going to do with my students is, you know, patch the geese up, whatever, And then um everybody that stayed paying through these this time i'm going to give a a a new gi to whatever that's what i'm thinking there
2: you go that works
1: yeah exactly so that's that's moving to florida to continue doing gis or no he just he he likes florida i think he's going to open up a taekwondo place he's over there by um i want to say by orlando okay Okay. like Um, a, a few miles how far are you guys from Orlando? Like an hour or so? Yeah,
2: we're about 45
1: minutes. Uh, due to traffic, about an hour. I mean,
0: yeah. well, it depends right. on what you're counting. Is Orlando? If you're counting downtown Orlando, it's an hour. Yeah, depending on what yeah, part. Of, Orlando. There's parts of Orlando, you know, maybe half hour. I mean.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close, to Orlando. If I remember correctly, he's very close too. He's like 20 minutes, half an hour out, but just going the other way.
0: Oh. Okay. It's mean, okay.
1: so but but I think he he bought a place. He's probably gonna. He's a, a Taekwondo guy. He, he, he old school Taekwondo guy. So he can do his Taekwondo thing out there. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it'll be good, man.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, some of the stuff because we, we have a uh, a supplier um, overseas that we've been using to mm. get our custom keys and belts and things of that nature. Unfortunately, our, our latest order is locked up. Mm. Uh, they're they're on lockdown as well. So they're they're not allowed to to get to their uh, mm-hmm. Factories and shipping and things of that nature. So our our latest order, we've got some gloves, um, oh, some so some so things that nature. It's all locked up in. Mm-hmm.
1: Over there. Yeah, you know it's funny because I was making to make a big order and I think I got my my guys out of Pakistan. I don't know if yeah, that's exactly. where you guys. Are. Yeah, Same right. thing, and I'm glad now I didn't. Cause I didn't even think about that. It's like it would all be locked up just waiting for who knows when
0: uh, you know off, I mean? off the air we'll have to link up and see if maybe if we're using the same people <laughs> <laughs> <It> could be
1: <laughs> what we'll to. How, how much are you paying <laughs> who's getting a better deal you know I mean? so, <laughs> yeah do you get the rash cards over there too yep, yep. oh man yeah so right on so yeah I'm, I'm really like i said i'm i'm very grateful for the guys that didn't Lose their jobs because I think they're thinking they love jujitsu and they're thinking they want us to be there when they come uh, back.
2: Yeah, uh, some people too. They're just like I have some people that are just like even some of my after school kids parents are like, mm-hmm. so and that's a lot. And they're like, yeah, yeah here when when this is all over, right? Like, all
1: right, cool. Yep. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So. So since, since
0: you know we're hoping people are actually going to take interest in in, in hearing what we're we're kind of discussing besides just the business side, mm-hmm. um, I I am the first in my family. I grew up. I am the first martial artist within my within my family. I'm I'm kind of the black sheep in, in that regard. Um, right. I Couldn't really tell you what I mean. I got the bug early. Um, mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember probably like 1978. I'm probably about seven years old, and mm. and and. and, and you know, nobody in my family did anything remotely like this, but for some reason, I I got a, a severe bug that just my mm-hmm. whole life. You grew up in <laughs> yeah, family. it's the exact opposite of your story, right? So I, I'm kind of curious about about you know what it was like. For I did it up with
1: yeah, with that. So pretty much what happened with me is you know I was born in Brazil. A lot of people don't think I was born there because I don't have like that. An accent from there. But I was born in Brazil and um, I kind of grew up with the uh, Henzo and those guys, Hilion from, from Florida and everybody. And, uh, you know, but the thing was, is my mom ended up marrying an, an American when I was really young, when I was like seven years old, you know what I mean? So even though I, I, I started doing jiu from the time I was, you know, four or five, whatever it was, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, I moved to America and there was no jujitsu out here, zero. And and so then what happened was I ended up moving back to Brazil and I didn't move back to Brazil till I was like, I think I was 17, 18, something like that. You know what I mean? As a white belt and all of a sudden I'm going training with Henzo and everything and who I used to beat as a little kid, you know, I'm just like the guy, okay, I'm just like, what the hell? Cause he stayed and he's like, he got really good, you know? And I'm just like, oh my God, man! And I'm seeing my whole family. Everybody's so good and everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm living out here. And I'm and I trained morning, noon, and night every single day. That's all I would do is train jujitsu. I literally would wake up. I'd wake up in the morning at, at a, you know eight something in the morning, and there was a nine a.m. class, and I would walk to that from where I was living before I had breakfast or anything. That's the first thing you do is jitsu and I would be there for two and a half hours, three hours, something like that. And then when I was done with that, I would go get food, whatever, do the stuff, you know, go to the beach with everybody. And then we would go home and then there was the night classes. And and because my cousins were the instructors, obviously they're there all, all the time, you know. So it'd be, I, I would take one class and that class would be over. I would take the next class. I would take the. It was just like. You're just a gym rat at that point. And my, my life literally revolved around jujitsu constantly, you know, and that's pretty much how I, how I did things. And then um, when I was 20, I want to say twentieth, right around there, my cousin Higgin Machado, he had a girlfriend who was going to take an English course out here, and he wanted to come out. He wanted to come out and visit America. He'd never been here. He'd never been on a plane before down and he's he was one of the top guys in jiu-jitsu uh black belts in all of Brazil. a lot of people thought he was like second or maybe third to hickson or something right so i said hey well you know i'll, I'll take you let, let, i'll go with you you know I man, let's go out there right so got him on the plane we we flew out here and at the first place i brought higgin was uh, northern california because that's where our flight came to san francisco and I went to my mom's house who lived out here. And then from there, there was no jiu-jitsu in Northern California. The only academy in the United States was in Torrance down in Southern California. And it was the, uh, where we hoist hot. And the academy belonged to his older brother, Horion, who was the first jiu-jitsu, public jiu-jitsu academy in the United States. So then we, we took a car and we drove, my car, we drove all the way down there. And we rented a little place, Higgin knew some people in Van Nuys and and we would just drive the one and a half, two hour drive from Van Nuys to to Torrance and and we would train at that academy. And that was just a constant train, train, train. After a while, um, we kind of wanted to do our own thing, you know, so I I had all the the connections and everything. So I opened an academy in Redondo Beach, California. And Higgin ended up bringing a couple of his brothers out. It was uh, Carlos Machado and John Jack Machado. So he brought them out, all those guys, and, and then followed later by Roger also, which is another brother, there, they, they all, and Johnny. And they all lived in my house in Redondo Beach because I rented a big, nice house by the beach. You know, um, I was doing, I was working and, I was, and everything. So then I rented this house and they all lived with me and in the back, there was a separate academy. I mean, the separate garage, it, was a, it wasn't connected to the house. It, was a, it had its own street to go to it. Now, what happened with Horion? his academy was in his garage, which was also separated from his house. So you would walk through a, you know, the, a little gate and you would walk to the garage area in the back. And uh, actually it wasn't a garage. It was just a, a, like a shed or something, I don't know what it was. So you would walk back there and, uh, and that's where his academy was. The city got kind of, his neighbors or something happened where they told him to shut it down. Because Hoist taught a class, privates, and it was like a half an hour private, where the usual privates, they would come in, they would do a half an hour, they're out. And he taught 20 of those a day, which was, wow. yeah, it was nuts. I remember a couple of times I had to sub for him. I'm just like, this is crazy. You know, they're like, what the heck? So he taught a group class at night. And through the day, he would teach like like literally like 18, 20. It was just people just boom, 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 coming through. So they got kicked out of being able to And then Horan, he asked if he could teach now out of my academy, which I had opened. So the funny thing is, is the Torrance Academy, I said, "Well, yeah, it's going to cost this much rent." I mean, you know, I made a deal with him—the whole thing—because we we were doing our our teaching. We had just started there, and and he he actually moved into my place for for months until the the main uh, he opened the the one on Carson and Cabrillo, whoever that was, the uh, the Gracie Academy that you heard of. So so I, we were the intermediate academy until he opened his for several months. And then when he moved out, we, we just kept teaching out of there. He wanted us to kind of go with them and be part of the, the thing. But um, Higgin and those guys really didn't want to do that. And so they kind of broke off. And later, Hickson kind of broke off and did his own thing too, oddly enough, out of his garage until he opened his academy. So and then we all kind of grew from there. And um, I'm a Northern California guy myself. I like Southern California, but, but I feel more at home. And I, I just, I always loved Northern California much better than Southern California. So what I did after a certain amount of time is, is I moved to Northern California. I said, Hey, I'm I'm out of here. There was no schools up here at the time in Northern California. The only guy that ever taught up here, he would teach some privates was Carlay, but he didn't have a school. So, so what I, what I did, he had a, he had a, um, a printer, like a copy, copier, remember the copiers, whatever, he like rented, I don't know what he did, some kind of service thing, and he would teach privates every once in a while, but he had a successful side business, and I, I said, I'm going to move out here and open my own school, so I packed everything, me and my girlfriend at the time was a Brazilian girl, so we, you know, I, I packed everything through, I think in a U-Haul or something, and just made the trip out here, and, uh, and started my school in Pleasant Hill, you Know a little place, and I, I picked Pleasant Hill because that's where I had the stakes, that's where my mother's house was. You know, I actually lived with her for six months at her house, her and her husband's. You know, they had a pretty big house, and I, I lived there while I was getting my school together. And then I moved out and got an apartment at that time. So I had my school running at that time. I got a phone call, uh, from uh, half my cousin, half Ralph, right. And uh, he was having problems in Brazil. He had moved to Sao Paulo from Rio. He was teaching with his brother, Ryan, but things, you know, they kind of like, brothers. You know what I mean? You got two brothers. It's, it's tough to do business together. So um, he had asked if he could come out here. And his mother really wanted him to come out here too, because he didn't have any real focus in his life. So I said, yeah, come on out. And I, and I kind of split my academy with him. And that's how he started out here too. And, and then from there, we just kind of started bringing up really good people. You know, the, the Bay Area teaching, it was like every night, you know, we would, we would lock the doors. we train in there like no one's getting out. You know what I mean? <laughs> no one's getting out. It was like a steam thing in my academy. It wasn't a very big place. either. It was maybe 1,100 square feet. We would have all these guys in there just training, and it was like you couldn't even see across the academy there was so much st- it was like it was crazy but the, the training was good it was tough training it was hard and uh, then I opened up in a school in Mountain View and and Half kind of liked it and I said why don't you keep that school and I'll, and I'll keep this school and so he ended up doing his thing in Mountain View and uh, we, we kind of got a little bit of a rivalry my guys against his guys after all after his guys grew you know what I mean and then our guys and so that that made everybody a lot better you know the competitions and everything but that's that's pretty much my story out here you know what I mean? doing my stuff
0: Because i remember uh, when i was training with with sensei eric uh mm-hmm. training at okinawan goju Yep. one day he came to me and said he goes hey he goes what, what do you know of this uh gracie jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and i said i mean i i man i couldn't get enough once, once the bug hit me i mean i would read every magazine i would read every article black belt kung fu didn't matter um, mm-hmm. if i could get a hold of the magazine so you know i kind of heard some of the you know, older articles talking about you know the Gracie challenge and the school of Torrance mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so when when eric asked me what if i had ever heard of of gracie jiu jitsu i mean i was i was excited and then right. like at the time period, I mean, we're making four twenty-five an hour for pop <laughs> ramen. You know, thing. I, I'm excited thinking it was local, and he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, no, I found a, a place in San Francisco. Uh-huh. I, was, I was like, in my mind, <laughs> trying to calculate. You know, I'm like, how could I afford to make it to to San Francisco? And I'm like, it's not in the cards. Um, yeah. And so, but I got excited, you know, and and that's when. You know, because he and I used to stay late at the academy and just talk philosophy and life and, and train a little bit and things of that nature, sometimes almost midnight. And mm-hmm. and then that, that's when he started telling me, he goes like, hey, he goes, I, I only get to train two days a week. Um, right. So do you mind if we drill while we talk? So that kind of mm-hmm. became my introduction prior to, to him officially becoming an affiliate in 1996. Yep. 96. Yep. And so, you know, almost since the days, since almost the beginning, um, you know, uh, we would just kind of drill a little bit off on the side. First, it was just that I got him doing some arm bars on me, things of that nature. Yeah. You um, tell me stories, though, about being in the academy with both you and Howell and, and even telling me in the early days about uh, BJ Penn and, yeah. uh, and O.C. Ender and some of the some of the old guard. Um, yeah. At the yeah. Time period, they weren't significant yet but the the writing was already on the wall that they were going to be uh, oh yeah
1: oh yeah definitely um with with you know eric he was uh what i loved about him obviously and still do is his respect and his he was a true martial artist and and a lot of times today it's like you go in a lot of gyms it's almost like you might as well be in a wrestling club or something. It's just kind of, hey, it's, it's, there's not a martial arts feel to it. And I really appreciated his martial arts background because that's what I came from in Brazil. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so we had good times back there for sure. <clears throat> me and Eric and uh, you know, he, he was there through all that early stuff and he would make the drive out, you know, he would come out here and he introduced me to a lot of the guys, you know, Steve Heath and all those guys, were with Eric and that's uh, that you know Eric was his sensei and uh, you know so all those guys started because of him also so yeah. he had a great impression on uh, as far as Stockton goes I don't think it would have been the same without him there you know without, yeah. uh without his influence in, in the whole thing I don't think
0: so, yeah, yeah. my first introduction to Steve Heath Um, I walked into Eric's Academy on Lodi Avenue in Mm -hmm. Kettleman, Kettleman Kettleman Lane. Um, Yeah, yeah, I walked into his academy, didn't know who they were. I I was in there to buy a gi. I mean, that was Mm – because I I originally trained Taekwondo, and we were looking to get back in. We were moving out of Stockton to go back up to our our family's uh, property. And Mm -hmm. so we were going to buy a gi. And so I went in. And so, like, one of my first major introductions is it's Steve and Dennis, Sensei Dennis. Oh, yeah. Raffling over a knife in the (laughs) lobby. Um, You know, this is is kind of like pre, pre, you know, they weren't even training Jiu-Jitsu yet or anything else. And Uh uh, Steve and Sensei Dennis are in the lobby knife fighting and you know gra- you know getting into grappling matches while using knives um, yeah yeah I didn't know who they were anything of that nature um, you know ultimately I ended up actually signing up the next day to start training with them uh, I didn't know what they taught I didn't know anything else um, yeah I just fell in love with the vibe I fell in love with the, you know the environment the, the family and everything else and so I, I literally signed up the next day I, I walked out and I sat in the car with Melissa, and she get the gi. I'm like, yeah, I got the gi. I'm like, but um, I'm like, I need to train here. And she's like, oh, really? <laughs> uh, what style do they teach? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really have no clue. I'm like, but I I need to come Goodness. train. Here. Um, that is so so, cool. I actually did come in the next night and mm-hmm. uh, uh, took my black belt. I already have my black belt in Taekwondo. Um, I told them ahead of time just, just so that everything was on the table, but I put my white belt on and, uh-huh. uh, you know, and man, it's been 20, 26 years now, 27 years.
1: Uh-huh. Um, wow. And still doing it. You
0: know. And, and, but like I said, that was my introduction to Steve, um, mm-hmm. my introduction to, uh, to Sensei Dennis was, uh, they were, they were learning. I can't remember who their instructor was that was teaching them, uh, knife fighting and the like, but, mm. You know, it would they would just like start to do some stuff in the lobby, and the next thing you know, there's a grappling match going on as they're 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 fighting over a knife
1: in the lobby. Yeah, they they would incorporate everything, uh, like the reality. Steve was like that, and he was probably the one of the the top fighter guy out of uh, you know for people that don't who know who Steve Heath was out of uh, and and oddly enough, with Steve Heath, he's that's the way I met like Nick Diaz you know right, man, yeah, through steve, yeah. you know, he introduced me to him actually steve was training for a fight and steve is not a big guy you know people don't he was what five eight five nine or something like that um I'm a strong strong dude and everything like that but um all of a sudden he's telling me he's fighting chuck liddell
0: right, right? yeah yeah
1: and i'm like and, and i remember thinking wait because i know chuck liddell <laughs> i was like Chuck Liddell is a huge dude. And I'm like, man, Steve, you're going to go fight Chuck Liddell. That's how Steve was. you know? so I right. I go, okay. You know what I mean? It was actually a good fight. I don't know if you were, were you at that fight?
0: I didn't get to go to that one, but
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, I was at that. And, and and Steve came to me and, you know, I was like, after the first round and the, the, the rounds, there were eight minute rounds. It wasn't five minute rounds. There were eight minute rounds. And after the eight minutes, he was a little bit, he was like below on points and I'm all, hey, man, just go for broke. You know, just, just try to knock this guy out is what I was telling us because you're not going to take Chuck Liddell down. Chuck Liddell was a, a D1 wrestler, and, and he didn't even make weight for that fight. I mean, it was like you got this guy, 200, you got some 220-pound guy come fight night against Steve Heath. You know, so it's like it, it was ridiculous. But, uh, but Steve got back in there, and he ended up losing the fight. But, man, it was very, he impressed me more losing than most people impressed me winning yeah you know really a tough guy and everything so a lot of good guys came out of Stockton and oddly enough when he, so he when he was training for that fight he said hey I got this kid here I'd like you to meet you know and it, and it was Nick Diaz and I and I brought out one of my guys uh, Dave Terrell to come oh, out there yeah. and train Dave he's got that big place out there in Santa Rosa so Dave trained with with him and you know you could tell Nick was just like he would learn so fast everything so fast and everything and uh, after that nick, nick just like you got completely hooked on it you know got a gi got the whole thing and i uh, would would come out and hang out with me would spend the night out here would just all he would want to do is train and learn yeah. jujitsu yeah so out of that out of that stockton crew we came out with a lot of good people that came out of there stockton yeah. I got a lot of fun okay, memories.
0: Yeah, that, that whole area through uh, through there, because if I'm not mistaken, that fight with uh, Steve and Chuck that was in Ione. Um, okay, I think that so. up there that was hosting fights uh, all mm-hmm. the fight. IFC. Um, yeah. Then then we you know, I still have some. Uh, it's horrible video footage, but I I have a video of the uh, Main Street Gym in Stockton. Um, where uh, Steve fought that night, Gil Castillo fought that night. Vernon White was was there.
1: Um, I've got some of that footage too.
2: Is that the one and, with the strippers? And, yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. The one with the strippers. And. So I walk in. I have to find that tape and put it online or something because there's no other tape. <laughs> it's like you walk in and uh, there's topless women serving beer. Yep. Right. Um. And people are smoking in like by the cage. They're oh, smoking, yeah. oh. smoking cigarettes. Smoke, I mean, it's like we're back in the 1920s at some back. You know, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? And, and there's Vernon White and uh, and all these other guys are fighting. And uh, Jerry Bolander was the referee. Yep. Yep. And then and then for the final fight, you know, all these guys are fighting each other. And and Steve won every fight that he fought that night but he ended up getting hurt it was supposed to be him versus Vernon so they had Gil Castillo who had won every fight also it was going to be him versus Vernon White and Vernon White you know back then the lion's den was the big you know these guys were fighting the UFC and everything they were kind of doing really good you had Pete Williams there all these other guys um
0: at that point I think Vernon was already
1: fighting Pancrase over in Japan he was uh things that was yeah So you had all the crew uh, over there, and um, so Vernon White is gonna is gonna fight, and then and then it's like, and Jerry Bolander was a referee, and finally it was like, hey, look, we got to make this fair, you know what I mean? So then I ref the last fight, you know, and uh, and then when I looked in the in in their corner, I realized there's this Brazilian guy there, his name's Alex something, who had been training with me and going back and. Oh, gotcha, (laughs) yeah. It was like a total, like, what? And here he is in the corner, Alex, I forgot his name. So dad, Gil ends up arm-barring Vernon White and tapping him out. So I, I raised Gil's hand up. And right after that, it was pandemonium because I walked up and I punched out Alex. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not, but <laughs> I, I was my crazy days still. You know what I mean? So I walk up to the corner, I just punch him out if you you know, I mean, this huge brawl erupts. You know, I mean, everything. Then things get separated, and uh, and then everything was good after that. You know, but uh, crazy night. I gotta find that video though. People, yeah, I'd love that. to
0: see that video because I'm kind of curious if we have different footage or if
1: we have the same one. I'm um, kind of. I don't know how you got yours, but I think someone had filmed it for us. But yeah, I'll definitely look for it. That was a really cool. Like I said, video. the footage is horrible.
0: It it's yes. not very good. Um, but yeah, some, somehow I, I. It's one of these things where I didn't start till a little bit later, but I, I kind of started becoming a collector of, you know, we didn't take many pictures back then. We didn't do a whole lot of stuff. But if if I was able to get a hold of a flyer or uh, a piece of video yeah. or something of that nature, um, I just kind of started becoming just a collector of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I'm sure yeah, no. I have the same video or
1: not. I'll check it out. I, I doubt it's the same video because I think we had a buddy filming it for us. So I don't know how you got your video. If, if maybe if someone made a copy. But other than that, I think yeah. it might be our own video. And and you kind of mentioned something interesting because uh, and I, was, I had written an article a little bit about my times in Brazil. I put most of it on Facebook and I, I didn't put the last one. But there wasn't a lot of selfies and stuff going on back then. You well, that, know what I mean? Yeah. People didn't take pictures. If if people came into my school and wanted to take pictures, it's like, hey, get the hell out of here! It was just number one. There were no phones with pictures on them at right. that point. They hadn't invented the I iPhone and I mean, you're talking old
0: old film. I mean, you're talking like legit film. What we're we're
1: talking circa what was that ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, something like that, right? Well, because
0: Eric became an official affiliate in 1996. Thank Thank you for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lowson.
2: And your other host, Melissa Lowson.
0: We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, If you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away.
2: We're also always looking for sponsors. Just PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets.
0: Awesome. Thank you.